This is Empowered Human Academy. Welcome home. This is about love. This is about light. This is about the idea that you, you contain everything you will ever need. And this life of yours, this is where you expand, you grow, and you remember who you are. I'm Abe. I'm Isaac. In Empowered Human Academy, we join with humans of all kinds to feel the inspiration that can only come from empowered living. The stories you hear today are unique, but the energy? The energy you hear today is yours, too. So, with hearts wide open, let's begin. Thank you for being here. Hey crew, this episode is Pay What Feels Good. Rather than pulling in sponsors and paid advertisements, we are excited to try something different. I'll talk more about this at the very end of this episode, or you can read more at empoweredhumanacademy.com. Hello, Empowered Humans. Welcome back. We are really happy that you're here. Before diving into today's conversation, we want to invite you into a brand new thing that we're making. We had our first Lightword Together group call a few nights ago, and we're still buzzing with the positive and expansive energy that we felt in that space. Our next session is January 31st, so if you're looking for a vibrant community of people actively engaged in life, then we'd love for you to join us. You can sign up and learn more at lightword.com together. And now, on to today's episode. Our guest today is the vibrant, compassionate, and inspiring Harriet Roberts. Harriet is a CrossFit athlete and has competed at the CrossFit Games, which is the ultimate achievement in the CrossFit world. We had a very cool opportunity to train with her while visiting Australia last year before lockdowns began. Not only is Harriet a hardworking and disciplined athlete, but she's also an expansive soul committed to finding her identity in something much larger than any title. Harriet is also passionate about her work in teaching CrossFit to teenagers and caring for people living with disabilities. Throughout this conversation, we discuss vulnerability as the starting place of connection, the relationship between freedom and discipline, solidifying your identity beyond externals, and being open to finding inspiration in unexpected places. Y'all, Harriet is so fun, and we truly loved unpacking her mindset to better understand how she keeps fueling her passion, especially in the face of challenges. So, let's get into it. Hi, Harriet. I'm so glad that you are on this episode. How's it going? Very well, you guys. Great, great. Isn't it funny how we uh, met last summer in Chicago? Can you, do you remember that experience? Do I remember? Of course I remember. It was the best. I've never (laughs) had someone pull me over in the middle of the street (laughs) and stop the car in the middle of the street just to say hi to a CrossFit athlete. It was badass. <laughs> That's about par for the course for how Abe meets people. And I'm happy that you were super down for that. That was in <laughs> Chicago. And then we later met up in Australia where you're at and you got to train us for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I mean, the fact that we already met in Chicago, that was already pretty crazy. And then for you guys to be like, Oh, and we're popping over to Sydney. It was amazing. It was so good. I feel like we were, we were meant to meet in Chicago. <laughs> oh, really? For those of you who are listening, this is Harriet, our friend, who I noticed last summer in Chicago after the CrossFit Games. She was wearing an athletic outfit, and I was like, wow, that girl looks fit. And (laughs) I made Isaac stop the car in downtown Chicago, and I rolled down my window and I said, excuse me, are you CrossFit Games athlete by chance? And you are, you were last summer, and you are this year. So yeah, that's how we met. And we're interviewing you now, and I'm so excited to converse with you and talk about empowerment. I think that there was even a parking officer there, and she was kind of like, she kind of looked at us funny, and then she was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's okay. This is pretty cool. Like, you guys do what you need to do. Totally. I was like, if it was Australia, they're, they're pretty crazy in Sydney. They would have been like, you get a ticket. Totally. I oh love that. That's further evidence that the universe ordained that entire situation. I'm happy exactly. Uh, so to begin with, Harriet, uh, a question that we'd like to begin with is who, not who are you, but how do you identify? So we all like walk into conferencing situations or maybe into a gym or into wherever with a handful of words that we identify ourselves as to other people. But when you're thinking about who you are to yourself, what words do you choose for who you really are at the core? Oh, this is good. I would say my first 
biggest word would probably be I'm a very passionate person. So I'm driven by like passion and love for, for life and for people. So I think that would be my number one thing would be passion. So yeah, just the amount of purpose that I feel in my life comes from that love for for other people around me and that passion for life comes from the love of the people around me. So that's probably my number one, number one word is passion. That's a really strong first choice. That's awesome. (laughs) Can you talk to me about like the, like, is there, is there more passion in some direction than others? How does, how does, how does the lens of passion inform the choices that you make and the directions that you take in your life? So I guess the the passion, the first part of it, I guess, would be people. Like, I just love people. I love talking to people. I love contributing to people, giving back to people, making people's lives better in some way, shape or form. And I guess that's shaped the industry that I'm in and I love health and fitness. So it just links directly to being a trainer and a strength and conditioning coach. That's just shaped by that, that want for everyone to, to be the best person that they can be and through health and fitness. So I guess that probably underlies everything that I do through that passion goes straight directly towards yeah, my, my career as a strength and conditioning coach. So, yeah. Awesome. How did you identify that as something that you felt like your passion could translate into well? I guess it would have been two separate things to start with. I was a very competitive child. I love competitive sport. I just wanted to beat the person next to me all the time. And then I guess as I grew as a person, as I grew up, I spent, I actually grew up in Singapore very random. I lived in New Zealand. I've like, I've moved around a fair bit. And so I feel like I've got sort of like a broad or I'm, I'm pretty well traveled, I guess I would say. I've met a lot of cool people. I've seen a lot of poverty. I've seen a lot of very wealthy people and I've seen just a lot in my life. And so then I had that side of it and I have my passion for sport and that just kind of ended up merging together as I got older and older. I got feel like I'm saying I'm really old. (laughs) As I got older, they just kind of grew into this one big, like happy family. Like it's, I feel so grateful that I get to take those two things that I, I have so much love for and and work in that industry every single day. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and that, and I feel like in that type of of work and lifestyle of health and wellness and, and strength and conditioning, there needs to be a lot of passion because you are helping people become passionate about their own health probably, but that comes from within you. So kind of connecting to that question, to that point, what does an empowered Harriet look like and feel like? Ooh, I love the word empowered. It's so, it's so, yeah, you're making me think. <laughs> I guess for me to feel empowered, it's just about that strength, that confidence, feeling all right if I'm not strong and I'm not confident. You're not going to feel fabulous all the time, but it's about that sort of underlying or that deep-seated okayness with yourself. So even if you're not on top of the world, it's about knowing that you are sure of yourself as a person. You are, I don't want to use confidence again, but you are, yeah, you're sure of of yourself as a person without having to to worry about the face value of things so Mm. yeah that's kind of what i would say it's it's a deep underlying love for yourself (sighs) yeah i love that can you tell me (laughs) about your your history with that relationship has that always been kind of like a thing that you've had on lock is it a thing you've had a varying relationship with over time Hell no. I don't think anyone has ever got that unlocked. (laughs) I want to know the secret. Yeah, I feel like I've been as like, along with many other people through a full journey of it from from growing up as a teenager, as a female, I'm sure as a male as well. But as a female, the pressures of looking a certain way of being a certain person of having to fit into those like skinny jeans and all that sort of crap. So I've been through the wars just like everyone else. I guess I'm going to thank CrossFit a lot for the the ways that it's changed my life in, in seeing myself as a, a strong, powerful woman without having to worry about what I look like. I don't care anymore. I want to think about another goal I want to achieve is more important to me than what I look like anymore. And so I think that is super empowering that at the end of the day, what you look like in the mirror means nothing about your personality and nothing about the human that you are. Yeah. That's super interesting. Cause one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was how does that, like you said, that deep seated okayness, that self-love, how does that go hand in hand with the like drive for competition that you've got like to win, to rank? 
how do those things pair up? This idea that you are always super okay with yourself and also you love competing. How do those fit together? I guess it would at sometimes it would work really, really well with each other and they would go hand in hand. And then other times it's like, hey, it's you've got to accept that it's not gonna work so well. Especially as a younger female, when I was growing up, you're comparing yourself against this, I don't know, this model, this idyllic, skinny, tall, whatever it might be. And now being competitive athlete, you also now have this, like these other girls, they look amazing. They're phenomenal athletes. And so now you're comparing to this other sort of standard. So I think there's always going to be an element of that. And, and if people say that they don't look at their competitors and, and want to be more like them, want to be stronger, want to be fitter, faster, look better. Everyone's got 4,000 abs on them. So of course you're going to want to look like them to some extent, but <laughs> then at the same time you, you have, there's a million people out there who might not be this idealistic model who have this fantastic yeah, persona about them that you know, it just it proves that all wrong. So I think that's amazing too, that there's a lot more out there that that doesn't matter. And, and that's exactly what that community is about, you know, and this fitness and health is about, it doesn't matter who you are, you fit right in. So I don't think it always matches up together, but it, it can, and it, you've got to accept that it will and it won't. So you were talking about how your empowerment is seated in the, it's okay to be whatever you need to be, whether if you're competing and you lose or you're competing and you win, or as it pertains to like even how you look. Is, has there been a time in your past where you have really struggled with your self-image and what has that felt like and how did you like move through that and past that? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's almost for me, the, the best way that I've moved past that is when I have got to that point of say setting a certain number or looking a certain way. And then I've reflected on my emotions and how those two have matched up. I remember if we, for example, talk about body weight, I'm always like, Oh, I'm, I just look so much better when I'm under 70 kilos. Like who the fuck got the number 70 kilos? Where did they get it from? And why am I so much better of a person when I'm under it? Like it's bullshit, but still, you still kind of want it. So I've been under that number and then I've written some notes in my diary or journaling. And I'm like, I, I maybe I've, this is before I've weighed in. For example, I'm like, I feel crap today. I feel a bit tired. Like shit's not going well in my life. And then I've gone on the scales later and I'm like, but I am this weight. Like, this is awesome. I'm like, hold on. Like these things don't go together. This does not match up. And then there's other times that I've been journaling or speaking to friends. I'm like, I feel fantastic today. I felt great at the gym. I had an amazing day. And then I went and weighed in and you're like, I'm 75 kilos. And I'm like, hold on. Like once you realize that these things don't actually have any correlation to each other, you can just, it's a whole new world. So these, yeah, I think it's just about realizing and noting down and proving to yourself. And it might not just be once, like you get to that weight once, or you get to that image once you're going to have to do it over and over again. And even I think if I was talking to my housemate about this, even if someone else tells you that truth, you've got to experience it a little bit for yourself. Like someone's going to say, oh, you won't feel better when this happens, but they've almost got to go through that experience it themselves, note it to themselves to be able to have that, that realization. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And if we're mm -hmm. talking about goals that come from other people and how that's less of a true thing for one's own motivation, what goals do you have for yourself? Like, what are you, what are you driving towards? If that even applies that people vary on how they even think about the idea of a goal, what do you want? What are you going for right now? It's an interesting question. I guess the, the whole CrossFit world is a little bit up in the air at the moment. So I've, my goal has changed a lot over the past. I think I've been doing CrossFit for like eight or nine years now, which is a very long time. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, two or three years. And then you're like, oh, nope. Okay. But I think I was, when I first started CrossFit, I was very goal orientated. Like I want this number. I want, I want to come, I guess it was always like top five. Like that's the thing that you have to do. And I was always aiming for that. And then if I fell short, it was really devastating to me. At the moment, I have a lot more life balance and just from competing for a long time, I guess my goals are more surrounded about like around a number of things like friends and family. They're really special to me when I'm not an athlete and trying to figure out who I am if I'm not an athlete is really, I mean, I'm struggling with it now. I haven't got an answer for you. You were going to ask me that. Yeah. Just trying to figure out my identity without, um, without being an athlete is a massive a part of it now. So, and that is giving back to my friends and family. It's spending more time with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, contributing to other people, figuring out how I can give back from all the experiences that I have, I have had throughout my athletic career and how I can help other people rather than what I can do for myself. So that's more of a goal of mine. I still love competing and I still want to compete. I'm still passionate to compete. So I will for now, but yeah, just trying to find a bit more, more balance and and figure out some, some other stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. You've used the expression, give back a whole lot. Can you you talk to me about your relationship between, I guess you and the rest of the world? Let me put this a different way. Use the term or the phrase give back a lot. What does that mean to you? Why are you giving back versus just giving? Yeah, I guess it's just super rewarding to be able to give someone something for nothing. I was even just talking to, I don't know if you guys know, like Habitat for Humanity. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to them on the phone earlier today about there's a million people in need in the world and being able to contribute to them and to help people who can't help themselves. The feeling that you get after you do something like that is amazing. So Mm. that's like one form of giving back. Other forms is just, yeah, giving my time and coaching and sharing my experiences like that. Basically, yeah, anything you can do to to give someone something for nothing, I think is just super rewarding. And I still think you end up getting something back. Like that feeling that you get, that's enough. (laughs) That's more than enough. Totally. Yeah. So thinking about giving back, has there been a person in your life or a couple of people in your life that have given to you in that kind of selfless way or in a way that really impacted you? And what did, what did that look like and feel like for you? Yeah. So I actually, along with working as a coach, I worked for a company for quite a while in Sydney called Hire Up. And it's like a caring, you're employed as a carer. So this could be for all sorts of physical, mental disabilities, anything like that. And I, in previous, I haven't worked with this particular guy that much lately, but I found this company through a friend and they were like, you can do this as a job. So I guess maybe at the same time I was getting paid, but like I would do this for free any day sort of thing. But he changed my outlook on life a lot. He was a guy who was Australian guy. He's now he'll be, his name's Rob. He's lovely. He's about 32 now. And he went on a holiday and he got King hit by someone. So just like a one punch, basically he fell and hit his head and he had a traumatic brain injury. And basically what this, this this is getting super deep. This role is, is caring for him and looking after him. So basically your day to day is helping this guy get out of bed, helping this guy, maybe even like go to the bathroom, have a shower, all these basic things that we take for granted every single day. And he's blind now. So he can't, for someone to just reach over and feel something, he's like, what's that? I'm like, wow, you, you don't even know what that is. You can't even yeah. hear what that is. All this sort of stuff is just, mm-hmm. I worked with him for, or I've been working with him now. I'm a bit more on and off just with coaching and travel. I'm a bit inconsistent. I've known him for about three years now. And ever since I started working with him, it just, it blew my mind how much we take for granted and how I can just spend half a day with someone like that. And it's just, you can be so, so grateful for what we have. And that's definitely a person Rob has really contributed a lot to me and given back to me without me feeling like I had to give him anything. Hmm. Wow. Did you say he got punched in the face? Like by someone random or... Yeah, it was actually, um, he was just walking along with his girlfriend at the time. And I think he'd, I don't know the full story. I think he'd, it was literally just like a random attack. And that's it. Yeah. It it just shows you, you know, like life can change in an instant. You never know what's going to happen. And then if you do just even his, his family is super inspiring being able to look after your, your son who's completely changed and, and then be able to accept his new life and, and deal with all those challenges is just, mind-blowing so he's such a cool guy like I mean he's obviously got a lot of you know mental health issues but he still has like a good laugh he still has a good smile even if he's not 100% sure what's going on at the at the time he's always there for a good laugh and that's just amazing that you can put a smile on your face at the end of the day when you've been through such a traumatic experience is just awesome totally yeah totally and I feel like in our experience working together and talking and connecting and even when I see you coaching or on Instagram, there's, you have such a, such, such a positive and accepting personality that allows people to be vulnerable like that. So one, I commend you for that. And that's so special that in the past, when I imagined like CrossFit games, athletes, or just professional athletes in general, like, I don't know, I saw 
in my limited perception and limited experience working with people, it's it's nice to see like people who are really intensely competitive also have this like really caring and nurturing part of their personality like I'm seeing in yours and I've experienced with you because we've actually trained with you and I felt really safe and we're all about finding people who we can feel safe around because that's mm-hmm. I think when we allow ourselves to be who we are is when we feel safe around people. So it's it seems like you and that person you're talking about have a really kind of connected relationship. And do you see his impact on you kind of played out in how you coach or how you even treat yourself? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I think what you're talking about is this vulnerability, right? The more you share your vulnerability with other people, the more you can connect with them, the more, even like you said, you saw people on Instagram and a lot of the time they don't share I mean even myself like don't share that vulnerability so it's really hard to connect with them but then as soon as they show you that little piece of themselves that they might have that same issue too you're like oh my god like I have that as well this is amazing this is this person you put on his pedestal and they're having the same issues as, as me so um that's a really nice thing to 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 see I forgot the question now <laughs> that's great because I did too <laughs> no I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding how has what you've learned from Robert, his name is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How has what you learned from Robert impacted your coaching and the way you view life? Yeah. So I think it's just about seeing that vulnerability, seeing that we all have vulnerability, feeling empathy for that, understanding, yeah, other people's problems and that everyone has a lot more going on than you see for, for surface value. That's crazy. As soon as you actually stop and I'm taking a class and I'm just doing the general sort of banter and helping coach them. And as soon as I have a little bit more time to actually sit down, I'm like, oh, this person has a family. They also have a dog and they have this or they have this. Or it's like it's sometimes it's hard to understand other people's issues if you haven't quite experienced them yourself. It's like... Mm -hmm. If you have a cold and then someone else in your class, they're like, oh, you know, I also have a cold. You're like, oh, I feel for you. It's like right in that moment, you really feel for them. But if they, if they have torn hands and you don't, you're like, I'm good. Oh yeah. Just wrap it up. You know, it's just, it helps you to, as soon as you, you start to um, understand those vulnerabilities a little bit more and see people who are a bit more misfortunate and stuff like that, you can really start to uh, connect with those people a lot more and I feel a lot more love for for the clients and the the people that I coached because I have that shared connection with them so yeah I think it's just about sharing that vulnerability sharing that understanding for one another and that just it helps tremendously with not just coaching them but learning more about them as people totally that makes sense and for somebody in like various positions of authority like a coach is a position of authority in the room and you like as a as a competitor somebody that people look up to for these achievements and for the work that you do on an ongoing basis for somebody in any position of leadership to come forward with that vulnerability is huge because if somebody who's achieved x can do it then certainly so if i've perceived myself to have achieved less certainly so can i in that way so that's mm. huge. Uh, I'm echoing what Abe said. I commend you for that. Thank you for bringing that to the circles that you walk in. That's oh, awesome. Very kind. I remember someone in class this morning said to me, I just did the class down at our gym and they were like, oh, I love seeing you struggle. <laughs> and I was doing like a set of front squats and I was like busting my ass and they were like, oh, it feels so good. It's <laughs> oh like, thank yes. you. <laughs> it invites people into the shared humanity of like, Hey, we're both human and we're both trying and our levels are different, of course, but the effort remains the same, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, that's really powerful. Yeah, it's, it goes back to what you were saying about the realization that everyone has their own complete life. Like I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but the point that I received was the idea that everyone in your class or everyone on the street has their own set of relationships and struggles and, and assets and debts and whatever else. And the fact that we're all going through everything all the time together, I feel like I feel like you could interpret that really stressfully, but that also kind of lowers the stakes because I feel like we're all peers on that level. Yeah, 100%. I think that it's so easy to forget that, especially when I'm coaching. I just walk into a room. I'm like, hey, my job is to let them have a good session and then walk out. And then if I actually end up learning a little bit about a particular client or someone that's there, I feel like I walk away with a lot more and even they do 
just because I've taken that little bit of time to learn about them and them learn about me, I'm just a bit closer that maybe they didn't learn as much that in that particular class. But now I'm like, oh, how is your sick cat or whatever it might be? They take so much from that. And it's another sort of like connection that you've grown. And I think that's just as just as powerful. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm intrigued by what you just said, like you walk in and my job is to be a coach and yet maybe my truer job was something different for this particular day. What can I ask you this? What is your job? Like what's the truest definition of your job as a person in this life? Ooh, wow. <laughs> I guess I just want to get people to meet there or get to their fullest potential. I guess that's I want every single person to feel, I guess that word empowered again. I don't want them to understand that they can, they can be a better version of themselves. And as soon as they are, there's always a little bit more and there's a little bit more and there's always so much to learn. I guess mine's definitely involved in that, that health and fitness and wellness side of things, but that all really interlocks that, that comes, you know, there's mental health in that it's going to contribute even, um, I took like a week off training just recently and just my mental health from training. Everyone's like, you're back so soon. And I'm like, this just, it makes me happy. And I want everyone to see that. And if you're the person that absolutely hates going in the gym and they're like, you know, it's just not for me. I still think there's something in there that, or there's something there that can help you become a better person and, and lift to another level. And I think I just want people to realize that whether that's through CrossFit or if you love yoga or if you love surfing, I just want people to, to take that step and just doing a little bit more for their body and the benefits that it's going to have on your, your whole life is just phenomenal. Why is it important? Why is health and wellness important? Why, like, because like you said, it, it impacts mental health, but why is it important to you to help people get better? I think that it probably would come down to the deep-seated feeling that I had growing up about being so insecure and so not sure of myself that I never want someone to feel like that. Like as I was growing up as a, as a teenager and not feeling comfortable in my body and just feeling like I had to, to fit in with everyone and fit into that certain demographic or what everyone else wanted me to be. And I, I, I always knew that there was something more there. I was always that girl that was like a little bit stronger at the gym, but like, ah, I'm not going to go over there into the guy's corner when they're doing that stuff. I don't want anyone to, to ever feel like that. I want them to mm. feel like they can express themselves however they want to express themselves. Mm. I think that's, um, yeah, that's super, super important. And that's really powerful. And that comes from a deep seated place of changing kind of the narrative that you had when you were younger, maybe, and, and helping people not feel like that, like ostracized or helping them feel comfortable and safe. Right. Yeah. So for the, as well for the past three years, I just recently moved, changed jobs, but I was working in a school. I was basically a strength and conditioning coach at a school. And I guess that's, that's that age that it really starts to get into your head and, and all those pressures from your peers and stuff start to to build up so I think that's a really important place to start or where issues begin at those those sort of teenage years at high school and stuff like that so that was really important to me to get into schools and show people that whether you're that kid that loves studying or you're, you're in the football team whatever it might be is already start to show you and like CrossFit did that well that it doesn't matter who you are when we had class I didn't care if you were the best athlete in the class or you were the worst athlete in the class I was like I'm here for effort if you're going to put in 100% effort like I commend you and if that 400 meter run takes you five minutes and it takes the other guy a minute 30 but he didn't really try like ups to you. That's massive to me. And I think it's, it was kind of, that's where it all started for me in those sort of high school years. And I want people to battle that, but then you know what, if they haven't got the chance to get through that now I'm kind of working with adults. How can we realize that that stuff doesn't matter anymore? And how can I feel a bit more fulfilled and feel like I can maximize that physical potential now? Totally. I know with my experience, I'm in my health journey, like learning to let go of a lot of those insecurities that I had when I was younger, when I couldn't bear crawl or I couldn't literally do anything in the gym, let alone like hold myself up and do a pull up. Like those are things that like what I really value about CrossFit and my experiences, all of these like healing experiences through mm -hmm. movement and through growth and change that I experience on the daily now because of everything that I've been through. So that's really, that's really powerful. 
And it takes a lot, like a lot of strength mentally. I mean, physically, yes, but mentally for you to now make that choice, like how easy is it for you to just make that choice and be like, you know what, I've always been this guy. I've always been overweight. I've always been whatever these things are and just be like, this is just who I am. And for you to take that mental or take that change and have to go through that strength to be able to be like, Hey, you know what? That's not who I am. I can reshape who I am. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter who that childhood, that kid was, you know, I'm, I'm going to become a new person. That's just phenomenal. So up to you. Totally. Thank you. And I think that it's so powerful because it connects to every single part of our life. We don't always need to live in the same story that we've always been in. It doesn't need to be fitness. It can be how we view ourselves, mm-hmm. how we treat others, how we communicate with others, how we communicate to ourselves. And I feel like I've learned so much about life through the gym. We always have metaphors about like, okay, you can't deadlift 400 pounds right when you start off. Like you've got to build slowly and all these crazy metaphors that really pertain to life. Or connect to I life. saw I saw a good one the other day. They can't remember if it was a swimmer or something. They were like, at some, do you know Ian Thorpe or no. or Michael Phelps? They were yeah. like, at some point in life, Michael Phelps could not swim. And I was yes. like, that's so crazy. Like, there's literally a time he could not do a lap of a pool. I'm like, that's amazing. That's and amazing. I'm like, that's with anyone. They're like, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. I'm like, there's some point that whatever movement, whatever thing you're talking about, the person who is doing it now could not do it at that time. So totally. we've all got to start somewhere. 100%. <laughs> that completely makes sense. And that's very <laughs> encouraging. Um, and I identify, I mean, maybe everybody listening to this identifies with the whole like physical insecurity in high school thing. I remember being, well, let me put it the other way. Like, I feel like I didn't come into my, my own physical ability until like my late twenties and thinking back and, and bearing in mind all these ideas that we're talking about, like remembering that Michael Phelps at one point didn't know how to swim and tying in something you said way earlier, you talked a couple of times about keeping a journal. I want to talk about tools for this mindset. What things do you know how to do that help keep you aligned and anchored in your own okayness, to go back to that term? What's in your toolkit for your own personal empowerment? So journaling is something I am very on and off with. I probably let my the time of year, my mood decide if I want to journal. I find it kind of stresses me out if I'm like, I have to journal every single day. Then I, oh, like some people just don't like doing that. I go through stages where I enjoy it. So I'm kind of free with my journaling. Sometimes I'll write down every single little thing and then the next day I won't write anything for three months. So mm-hmm. I try not to be too bound by that, but I've definitely found that it's it's helped me in the past. And even like if I don't feel like journaling, flicking through old journals and being like, oh, that's interesting. You, A lot of people always say, you know, like, oh, the, the old days, like when I was happier back then or something like that. They always reflect as if things were way better. So then you can flick through a journal and be like, oh, actually then I was really struggling with this and this. And it was like, wow, interesting. Okay. So it's not all like happiness back then. And now it's Mm -hmm. misery. It's just, it's nice to see that, you know, you're always battling something different. So do like journaling, but it's a bit on and off. There's also a good little book that I read most mornings. Once again, sometimes I read it all the time. Sometimes I don't called the daily stoic by Ryan holiday. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. And it's just one page a day has a good little a message for the day based on the, the Stoics back in the, the Greek days. And I, so I loved, that's another one of my tools. I love just reading them and, and taking something away from them that I can focus on for the day. They have some really good messages in there. Other tools is just connecting with as many friends and families as I can. I think I was talking to a friend about it the other day. I think sometimes we have that one person that you're like, Hey, if I'm having issues, I'm going to speak to X. And then you go speak to that person. And they don't quite give you what you were like. I had an issue and you didn't fix it. And you normally do. And they didn't. But I think just connecting with as many people as you can, because sometimes you're going to get something from someone who you didn't think would be your person. And it happened to me the other day. I I have a friend that she's a a very deep emotional person. And whenever I have an issue, I'm like, hey, fix this. And she didn't give me something. And I was like, what? And then I went and spoke to a friend that I'm not that close with. And she gave me some gold. And so I think just continuing to connect with as many people as possible is, is key. And don't rule anyone out that can teach you something because you never know where that gold's coming from. (laughs) Totally. I love that. That sounds huge. If I could like back up and look at everything you just said, it sounds like there's kind of a theme of 
like take the good where it is at the moment. Like if journaling is serving you in a moment, fantastic. If it's not fantastic, if this person serves you a moment, great. Otherwise maybe talk to somebody else, not to draw everything back to like fitness and things, but one, one would expect, Oh no, how do I want to say this? I guess basically I want to talk about the idea of discipline and consistency and at the same time, like leniency and listening to your gut and to what is, is actually good in the moment. What's, what's useful for you. Can you talk to me about your relationship to just all of that? Yeah, I guess that's super important to me. I think that it's sometimes in this this world of, I guess I'll compare it to CrossFit, it's very easy to put all your eggs in one basket. It takes a lot of time and dedication and training to, to get to the CrossFit Games or to compete at a high level in CrossFit. So I think it's really, really easy for, for people to just dedicate absolutely everything. Like, you know, your nutrition has to be on point, your training has to be on point, journaling, this, that, like a million different things. And then you have to sacrifice your friends and you have to sacrifice these dinners and like all this stuff. But I think that if for, for me personally, I know some people might walk away and be like, you know what? I, I dedicated all that. And I'm so happy. Like that made me happy. But personally, that does not make me happy if I walk away. And, and I think it used to, I was more than happy to sacrifice so much in order to get the results that I want. But now for me, yeah, I've got to, I've got to have that leniency. I've got to be able to have a little bit more freedom with a number of different things in order to, to feel fulfilled in different areas of my life rather than just in CrossFit and just in competing and just in that athlete. And that's kind of what I touched on before is figuring out my identity outside of being an athlete. If I do contribute all these things and, and go all in on just this sport and just training and competing, it does my head in at the end of the day, because if I was to get injured, if something else was to happen, like, who am I? What do I do? At least I've got all these other things going on. So that balance between those things is super important. But um, I don't think there's like an answer, like, you should journal on these days and not do this on this days and like, eat well on a Tuesday or like, you have to go on a diet on Monday, no one can start on a Sunday. <laughs> like all these rules, I think you've just got to learn about your body and, and and start reading almost your emotions and, and how you feel day to day and going by that. So, yeah. And connecting that to the CrossFit Games, because I do want to talk about that briefly, because it is a huge deal. You were able to represent Australia at the CrossFit Games. Can you share with our listeners what? Well, what? New Zealand. Oh, oh my gosh. Wait, really? Wait, wait, wait. So, wait, this is fair. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you get away with it because I live in Australia. I sound Australian, but I'm from New Zealand. <laughs> so, you represented New Zealand? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm getting red. Ha 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 ha. Okay, okay. <laughs> but no one knows that, so you're good. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. Okay, so connecting it back to the CrossFit Games and you representing New Zealand, actually one of our favorite countries in the world. Thank you so much. Talk about what you've learned. Well, basically, I want you to share with the listeners like what the CrossFit Games is and what you talked about a lot of sacrifice that you've done and kind of share with our listeners like what that process kind of entailed for you to get to the games as it pertains to like consistency, scheduling, and things that you learned about yourself through that experience? Yeah, so I guess the CrossFit Games is the highest level of, like, I guess, competitive fitness. They've kind of created their own sport with, through weightlifting, bodyweight movements, all sorts of different fitness tests, whether it, you turn up and you're doing a 5K run to doing a max deadlift to running as fast as you can with burpees and this, that, you know, there's a whole lot of different elements to it. Yeah, the sacrifice is, is massive. It's a sport that takes up a lot of time, uh, especially as your training age gets older, to see very small incremental improvements. So when you start doing CrossFit or you start training in the gym, someone might get, you know, a 10 kilo back squat PR and that's amazing. But as you are eight, 10 years into, into training, like you've got to be happy with one kilo and that takes a lot of sacrifice to get that one kilo. It's a sport as well that, I mean, they don't, it's, it's not heavily funded. Like when it went on, on some crazy PGA 
golf tour, anything like that. So it's a, it's a sport that takes a lot of like a passion and love for the sport and health and fitness to, to want to dedicate so much time to it. I mean, everyone that is in the highest level has definitely got that passion. I mean, everyone who isn't as well still froths on it. So they still turn up with their new shoes and get excited because you can learn so much about yourself and about the sport while doing it. So I guess in regards to like time and scheduling, there's hours and hours throughout the week and there's a massive sacrifice of, of work and holidays and all sorts of stuff to dedicate to the training. But I love it. I love training. Like I absolutely love it. So when people are like, oh, how do you turn up at the gym each morning? I'm like, oh, I, I love being here. I couldn't think of anything better to do. So, I mean, I wouldn't be doing anything else if I'm honest. So it doesn't feel like much of a sacrifice to me. I'm, I'm always curious about what the mindset of CrossFit Games athletes are like, because I feel like when you are 13 minutes into a 20, 30 minute AMRAP, as many reps as possible for those of you who who are listening, there's something that needs to click mentally for you to continue going. I want to talk about mindset for a bit. What does your mindset look like? What share a little bit about what's inside your mind as you're competing? I guess it's always, I mean, depending on the workout, it's always something a little bit different. My coach actually said something that kind of blew my mind a little bit a while ago. He was talking about why do we do this sport? Like, why am I here? Why am I showing up? And then I said to him, oh, it's like for my friends and family and like, because I want to be, and he was like, bullshit. Like, that's wrong. He's like, why are you here? And I I said it again. He was like, okay, say if you decided to stop competing, would they still be proud of you? And I was like, yeah, of course they'd be proud of me. Okay, and and would this person be? Yeah, of course. And so he made me think a little bit deeper into it. And I think that a lot of people probably don't like admit it, but it's almost like a, a kind of like that high level sport in whatever sport it might be, not just CrossFit is like a selfish thing that you're really doing for yourself. Like you really want to, and you have to almost like I had to admit that to myself. Like at the end of the day, other people are going to be proud of me, but I'm doing this for me because like, I want to be the best. And I, and you know, it's hard to just say I, 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 but at the end of the day, that's who it's going to benefit. If you, if you have a good, strong network around you, like they can be proud if you come first or last, mm-hmm. but it's going to come from, from yourself and wanting the desire to be the best, to make those sacrifices when you've got another minute on the clock that feels like an hour. And uh, <laughs> what's longer, a microwave minute or a minute at the end of a workout? Oh, I don't I know. That. <laughs> So I think that admitting that you're really, you're doing it for yourself and figuring out why, why you're doing it for yourself and that admitting to yourself that you're going to be a little bit selfish and you're going to have to, you know, sacrifice a dinner with such and such because I am doing this for myself. I think that's a really important thing. Well, and no one can take that away from you then. And it's not reliant on other people. It's reliant on solely yourself, um, which then powers you through because Oftentimes when we're tired, the last thing we want to think about is another person. So if you're literally 19 minutes out of the 20 minute AMRAP and you're so exhausted, you're doing it like for yourself to like prove it to yourself. Um, yeah, because really- you're sitting there and you're hurting and then and then you're like, I'm doing this because like I'm on the bike because like Isaac wants me to do it. And then Isaac walks past and he looks at you and then just like walks off. You're And that would just break you, right? Like you'd be like, I thought you cared about my workout. Totally. So then if you look and you realize, you know, like this, it's got to come down to you. Yes, they someone else might inspire you or someone else mm-hmm. might, yeah, like help develop that journey. But at the end of the day, if you realize this has got to be truly for you, then mm-hmm. it's much easier to, yeah, motivate yourself without having to find these external sort of motivators. And I think that's most sustainable then, the most sustainable, because if something, if those external factors are taken away, you are on your own path. And th- like this whole health journey that I'm on, it's like, no one can take this away from me. And I'm doing it for myself, first and foremost. It's going to impact everyone around me, of course. But first and foremost, it's going to, if everything else was taken away, no one can ever take away the effort that I've put into this. And no one can ever like take away the, the healthy numbers that I get with my blood work at the doctors, right? And that's the things that are so like intrinsically motivating and not dependent on external factors. So I, I love that. I feel like we just opened a subject that could take another hour or another 30 (laughs) seconds, depending on how you answer this next part. Do we, in fact, do everything for ourselves? That's a hard one. Um, 
I mean, I think there's certain things that you want to, you need to admit that, that you do for yourself. And it's kind of a hard thing because we're always told not to be selfish and always told that we are a part of a greater community and at a greater world and humanity and all this stuff. But I think there is an element that you have to admit that there's some stuff that you do for yourself and some stuff that you have to do alone. So I think there's, there's no one or the other. It's hard. That's a really hard question. It's interesting. I mean, obviously in this conversation, you've talked about like very explicitly about giving back and doing things for other people for nothing. And yet there's the, the gratification in that act. And then separately over here, you're talking about how like when, (laughs) when you're in a minute that feels like forever, that is when I am doing it for myself. Maybe there's space there. Maybe this is part of empowerment, right? If we're going to engage with life most fully, maybe in, in admitting our own intrinsic motivation and everything could help us clean up our act is kind of what I want to say. Push through. Maybe, maybe like if this is an entire additional conversation, I think, but maybe I feel like there's an idea here. If we admit how much of what we do is for ourselves, I feel like that might just add a lot of clarity to our actions in life. Where am I taking this? Sorry. This feels, this feels important. This feels important. If we recognize that the things that I do are to allow me to feel good I feel like that might clean up a whole lot of conflicting energy that I have about like, where's my motivation? Am I doing this for this person or for that reason or for myself or whatever else? But if I know that I'm to go back to the very beginning of this conversation, if I have this deep seated okayness with myself, and if I know that whatever I'm doing is always compatible with that, I'm doing things that I feel good about. That feels, that feels important. I just said a lot of words. How do you feel about all of that? No, no, I think that's exactly it. I think that you're going to get a lot of fulfillment from doing something for yourself and you're going to get a lot of fulfillment from doing things for other people. And there's different like parts and spaces that you have to contribute to either one, but there's a space for both of them. And admitting that there is a space for just yourself, I think you've got to also be okay with that rather than feeling like it's a selfish thing. But sometimes you've got to be selfish to, to fulfill yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going back to mindset real quick because I'm always fascinated with like people who I like think are interesting, you know, politicians, athletes, whatever. When you are, we're talking about the 19th to 20 minute, like the last minute of an intense workout. What is on your mind? How does one, how do you, and how does one push through when they don't feel like they can go any farther? I think I saw a really good quote a while ago that's helped me a lot. Have you heard of Justin Sewer? Got to follow him on Instagram. He's great. He's the psychologist for the Boston Red Sox. And he's just worked with a lot of athletes and he posts some really cool kind of quotes and some of them connect with you, some of them don't. One of them that he said is, you chose this. And I was like, that's it. Like whatever hard thing that you're doing, like you chose to do this. Like you don't have to do this, but you chose this journey. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like one thing that does come through my mind every now and again. I'm like, this really sucks. This is really hard. I'm like, wait, 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 but you chose to do this. Like this is the path that you chose. And whether it's hard, whether it's easy, you put yourself in this situation. So Mm. I think that's like one of the things that I'm, and then I'm like, you're lucky that I can do this, that I have full functioning arms and legs and that my lung capacity is able to breathe this heavy and all sorts of stuff like this. Like, but at the end of the day, I'm like, you chose to be here. So that's like Mm. one of the things that I guess you chose to be here and you are lucky enough to be in the place that you're in. Mm. So I guess that's kind of something that pushes me through. There was a quote, I saw recently as well that said the energy or the overflowing of things to do and abundance is what you prayed for before. Mm, This is the overwhelm that you asked for. This is the overwhelm that you asked for. So like when we're like busy with work and we're seeing a lot of people, we're like, Oh my God, like we put ourselves in this situation and, and I dreamt for myself to be here one day or in a workout when I'm can't breathe on the assault bike, I'm like, Oh my God, I can do this. And I chose to be here. Like you said, I chose to be here and I'm going to get through it because I have agency. So that's, I I love that perspective. Final question. What do you know for sure? Do I know for sure? Oh. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I know that human connection and the people that we are around are the most important thing in this world that connecting with other people, getting to know new people, that helping people 
that being on this planet is about connecting with as many people and uh, not even as many people creating as strong as of a connection with other people is the top of the list for me. That's why I'm here. And I know that for sure. I want to know what yours is. What oh, do you know for great, sure? Oh, that's a great... No one's, no one's, one's, ever, asked that. No one's <laughs> ever asked that. Hello, listeners. Are you listening? Okay, we have, we have to wrap this up for time reasons. Okay, what do you, what do you know for what sure? What do I know for sure? We are a part of an ever-expanding, infinite energy source. And I like it. We could talk about these we, things for a really long time. Which so we will probably one Single day. sentence answers. Um, I'm echoing <laughs> something that you said a second ago. I know for sure that I chose this. Fill in this with whatever is now. I know that I chose this. I like it. I love it. Hey, like thank it. you for your time and sharing of yourself. We really value your presence here. Thank you. Thank you so much thank for being an empowered it. human. Thank you for being an empowered human and for making us feel welcome when we were in Australia. We got lost and it was raining and we were a little bit late. It was a whole thing. And it was a thing, but um, we just, I, I love how the universe brought us together. So y'all look out for Harriet at the CrossFit Games and just online. She's incredible and really inspiring. So thank you so much, Harriet, for your time and your presence. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Bye. This podcast is the work of Lightword, our company, named for that toward the light direction which informs every single thing we do, including money, which means, like everything else, the way we earn revenue as a company is not based on industry norms. It's based on what feels deeply right and aligned by passing through the door that feels like it has more behind it, not less. And the way we keep this podcast going is all Lightword. It's pay what feels good. It's an exchange of value between you and us. We're keeping conventional podcast advertising totally out of this. Here's how Pay What Feels Good works. We give you this episode because it feels good to do so. And then you consider, honestly, what number of dollars this episode is genuinely worth to you. I do not care if that's $3, $1,000, or literally $0 and a heart emoji, as long as that trade genuinely makes your day better. The energy there is the entire point, and that is what we're building our business on. No advertisers, no selling your attention, just you and us trading value in a way that builds us both up. So whatever the number, when you're done listening, head to empoweredhumanacademy.com and hit the pay what feels good button. We use this policy across our company's work, and I'm excited to bring it here to the world of podcasts. This is us voting for the world we want to see. Y'all, the whole point of everything is to open up ourselves in all the fullness we are made for, and then to create, create, create with everything that is real and true and bright. That's the work of a life. That's what we're working on. And you're here because you feel that for yourself too. And we believe in you completely. Thanks for joining us this round. And hey, for every conversation in this series, including this one, we've assembled a downloadable set of notes, table questions, a journal prompt, and some action steps that you can use to bring the energy and the lessons of this conversation home to your own life. Head to our podcast website, empoweredhumanacademy.com. Hey, thank you for being here. Now get out there and do something that feels exactly like you. We will do the same. And for us, that includes bringing you the next conversation. We cannot wait. Have an awesome, awesome day.